Marcus Harden. Uh, my company is Arjunks, A-R-T-G-E-N-C-E. Um, and you can find me at arjunks.co, A-R-T-G-E-N-C-E, point, uh, point C-O. Mm-hmm. Oh, so point is like a little French. <laughs> <laughs> this. This, is, this is Diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I can't tell you how happy I am to have this person. He may not consider himself an artist, more of an investor, a collector of fine things and petty, but this man, I, this stuff, when you go to his website, I told my team when I saw it, I said, this is what I've been talking about for the last decade, if not more, this is what I want. This is what it is. This is the now and the future. Beautiful website. Marquise, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Man, I'm blessed, brother. Thank you for the introduction. Wow, that's nice. That's really nice, man. I'm going to start there on your site. I've never started on just somebody's site. But, you know, what inspired that website? Because there was so much time, so much art, so much, it's an experience. It's not a website. It's a real experience. And that's the metaverse that, you know, everyone's talking about, but you're already in it where you can just go down the rabbit holes. So (laughs) the site, tell us if you can start with that, how, why was that purely your vision? Yeah. I mean, it's a really good question. So we thought about that site back in March um, after we saw the Beeple exposition, exposition or the Beeple, um, the Beeple sale at Christie's. And this NFT thing just sort of exploded. And, and um, that's all anybody was talking about. So, you know, I started looking at different websites and trying to understand what they are, you know, who's creating them, you know, it, it just exactly what it is, the blockchain, like all of this stuff was, you know, very new, just became mainstream. And um, talking to my team, you know, I knew I didn't want to create a marketplace. It, I didn't want to do that. Um, that market was, was going to be flooded. I knew it was going to be flooded. It's going to be done by people that have way more money than me. So I said, no way. So then I said, you know what? What if we created the space and how we envision NFTs to be consumed, to be uh, viewed? by the audience and then maybe create a space for those NFT collectors um, to show off their NFTs. And so we wanted to be highly bespoke. Like we didn't want there to be any other space like it to encourage people to create their own bespoke place to that level of design that we were going for. And so it was a team effort for sure. Like I, you know, I can't even, I, I didn't do it alone. Um, myself and um, uh, a partner that I work with named Jeremy, we I, I posed the, the idea to him. I said, hey, man, what do you think about this? This could be a really interesting way of showing NFTs. And we just need to curate like the best of the best artists who are doing like some amazing stuff to, to be part of the show. He's like, OK, let me think about it. And we talk, talk, talk about it. 
Then I spoke to my, you know, my tech team and, and um, I said, can we make this thing happen? And then bam, it went from there. And when it was released, man, it was like a little tear like came off the little side of my eye because I was so proud of it in every way from the way it interacted, you know, to sitting on the couch. You remember that? You sit yeah. on the couch to look at the artwork. Then you have the, the avatar that's greeting you at the door. And then we had this, we had this like crazy idea, like how about we create this ambiance with the music? And so we had this amazing artist. Um, his name escapes me right now, but we had this amazing artist that provided this mix with Morpheus talking in the background. Do you know what it is? NFTs are around us. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it was just it was just joy, man. It was just all love, and you can see how much love we 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 put into that project, man. We put our foot into it. You did. I have to ask because when people look at it, they're gonna say, "Why didn't Why didn't Kellen get into that question? <laughs> how expensive was that site? Because it's no joke. I mean, it's a video game. It's it's an ex- a full experience. Like I said before, how right. expensive and how long did it take? You know, give us a range because we, we got pocket watchers listening too, right? Oh man. <laughs> oh, I hate discussing pricing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on the time. So it took us, it took us three months um, to put this project together um, and to release it. So let's see, we started, so April, May, and then we released it um, the end of June. So it took us about three months. It was about, if anybody is familiar with tech, they'll, they'll probably cringe when they hear this number. Um, but it was about uh, 600 hours, um, 600 to 700 hours involved. Wow. So, wow. yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of the best way to, to sort of explain the money. But honestly, um, it's, it, 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 wasn't, it, it wasn't so much about the cost of this particular platform is what we envisioned for other, people's to, other people to have for their artwork or for their collection. Um, and so it's not something that you'll you'll find, you know, working on free platforms and, you know, all that stuff like it's going to be completely generic. And if you're OK with that, cool. But, you know, for us, we're all about the bespoke experience, just like you imagine, like the reaction um, that you're giving me is exactly uh, what we wanted. We wanted people to react in that way. And we wanted to uh, create that want and desire to have that sort of experience for their artwork and and um, for their audience. So, you know, that was the, that's what uh, we were hoping to accomplish. Well, I'm gonna tell you why I give that reaction and I'll try to make it quick. I had a vision, I see it like a movie, of a place where artists, professionals, people can hang out, musicians can play live. And I said, well, if they play live, I thought about Lupe Fiasco's murals Mm -hmm. video and the lyric video. And I said, that's nothing but an NFT. And I said, what if the creatives there for, you know, who are just hanging out, working, networking could with the live unknown artists make the lyrics there and then make the NFT, right? I said, this is for Africa. This is for Africa because we can put this in place right there and we don't have to worry about it and we can empower. Let me tell you, a week later, I'm at B-O-R-I, uh, Boring, the restaurant in Houston, which is owned. Um, we, we know the owners, um, friends uh, you know, of my wife, whatnot. They went to school together. 
the Korean restaurant, I saw a restaurant that I could kind of envision the other private rooms with a private eating or if they want to have meetings and they have an art gallery at the restaurant as well, highlighting Korean art, right? I said, my vision, I now see. And then I see your website, which I've told Rich Boy, I've told Tyson, I've wanted this interactive where they come into our website They can pick our services, whether you want consulting, PR, I'm a sports agent too. We have healthcare stuff we do. Pick it off the wall. And I said, our point, I said, I'm seeing my vision. Thank you, God. Thank you for blessing me. I get to touch the people who have these things so I can see. I need 600 hours worth of money to create a site like that. Or I need to ask, can I get your template that you didn't use? And then can we work it from there? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why i'm so excited and, and oh, when i saw it man man, man. oh <laughs> yes man. that's like that's all i could say man this is like you know that's the reason why we created this thing is is you know for people like you that had that vision like you could see the future and i i, I you know i feel like we're a little bit ahead of ourselves but yeah that's that's exactly it you nailed it you nailed it and that that's a crazy vision i love that i love that well, I, you're, you know, somebody might look at you and say, oh, Kellen, this guy, you got some blue blood. A bl- you found a black blue blood, always had money, all, you know, into this tech world. But oh, you guys got to look at, yeah, you guys got to understand this is, you know, this is the Air Force finest right here. You know, th- yeah, I want you to tell people, how did you get into selling art and getting into this? If, you know, your daddy wasn't people, your best friend wasn't people, you know, um, and 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 how, you know, you got into all this um, black man, young man in the game where so many times we don't see us in tech. Our art, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's a valid point. Um, you know, there's like less than uh, 20 um, black owned galleries in the United States. And um, all over the world, it's probably a little bit less. I mean, obviously, it's a natural, um, a natural thing in Africa because there, there's a lot of you know galleries in Africa that are producing some amazing artists. But I'll get into that. But how I got my start, um, you know, I spent ten years in the military. I, I went to the Air Force Academy, uh, studied in uh, business and engineering. When I graduated, um, I ended up uh, flying planes for a little bit um, in, in training. I didn't do any real world stuff. But then, um, you know, I decided to, you know, leave the military and I moved to uh, Los Angeles. And when I moved to Los Angeles, you know, I dibbled in the music industry, believe it or not. So I like really like thrust myself into that industry and learned how it worked. I, you know, worked with artists and producers and all sorts of stuff. And, and I was there right when the times changed with Napster and digital downloads and, you know, all that stuff. I was in the mix there and I was... I remember during that time, I was like, social media is going to change the game. Like, because my space was out at the time. And I said, this is going to change the game. Um, so I ended up, uh, I spent my time in music. It was fun. And then I uh, took on jobs, like engineering jobs um, in sales and business development to pay the bills and worked for a company called Kone. And then in the process, I started a landscape design business with my, my old business partner. Now, my old business partner he was the, the owner of some very famous artists, Salvador Dali, Damon, Damon Hirst. And 
when I was looking at this artwork, I was like, whoa, okay. Not really understanding the history, you know, of modern art. And I said, how, well, first of all, how did you get your hands on this? Because this is stuff that you see in a museum. And, you know, he's a, he's a kid of the 70s, uh, 60s and the 70s. So he's just like, I used to hang out with the agents and, you know, all these people in L.A. L.A. is a different beast. And so that's what really sparked, sparked my interest in fine art. Um, and what brought me to Paris, which I think is important, is I, I uh, to support the landscape design business before I was able to work on its own. Um, I made I made a decision to go with this company called um, Empower RF, and based on the dynamics of that company, um, somehow I convinced my boss at the time to send me to Paris. You know, to work um, and build business in Europe. And um, when I got to Paris, listen, man, when I got off the airplane, I immediately fell in love, and I knew that. This is the place I wanted to be. And from that point on, it was just like, how am I going to make a living? That was it. And I knew that I didn't want to go the same route that I went, you know, in the United States where, you you know, you get the steady paycheck and all this stuff. I said, I got to do something different. I have to do something different. And so, but just so you know, that Empire was a, was a tech company. You know, it was, it was very innovative in building um, tools for the, the radio frequency world, amplifier tools. So I have been living in that world for quite some time before, you know, I ended up in this type of tech. Now, in Paris, um, I love Paris. Um, <laughs> what was it about Paris for you that just, you know, because I'm assuming you went single. And so if you went single, you know, you might have got caught on the, 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 the river and just in some romance real quick. And they say, I can't leave here. What was it about Paris? And he said, you know what? This, this could be home because a lot of people go to Paris. They only see the Eiffel Tower. They never go to the African community where you can go get some good Aru, you know, so, some palm wine, you know, um, just like you would be in Africa. So, yeah. What was it about Paris for you? First of all, it was a, I think it was just the universe just calling me, you know, like um, getting started. You know, I always say, take the time to search for your city. Take the time to search for your environment because when you find your environment, you'll thrive more. You'll thrive more in that environment. And because I've been traveling um, um, quite a bit through Europe, you know, for work, and actually first time I I came to Paris, um, I didn't like it very much. But for something, for some reason, the, the when I when I get off the plane, knowing I was going to be here for six weeks, I think it was just some sort of spirit or whatever that just said, "This is where you belong." I can't explain it. I didn't start discovering Paris really until um, two thousand. So I, I got I got here and I started coming here in two thousand sixteen. So I didn't really start discovering Paris until um 2017 18 something like that and i will tell you that um in all of europe there's more black people located in france than anywhere else in in europe that's number one um maybe it's got the colony situation or whatnot or the former colony situation and so you're right the the, the african culture here is rich um, is 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 different from anything that I've ever seen. To be frank, 
um, just the languages alone is enough to just like take you to a whole nother world when you're walking down the street and you see a bunch of people that look like us. So um, it is um, it is one of the most beautiful cities that I've ever been in. But don't let that beauty, don't get twisted with the beauty because this city is tough. It's a tough city. And, um, and people need to know that if they want to try to make that transition here. It is a tough city. And so um, it took me a second to learn how to, to really navigate it. But once I figured it out, I mean, I, I love the city regardless. Like, it can't do that much wrong to me for me not to love it, to be frank. But, I mean, it was just, it was just that moment in time where I was just like, whoa, I'm in this space. And every day I wake up, I'm living, my, I'm living a dream. Like, every single day I wake up, I'm living a dream. So I just, I just feel incredibly blessed for that. Yes, that is what it's about. If you're not living a dream every day you wake up, you guys need to move. You need to do something different. <laughs> Your time is limited on earth. You got to enjoy it. Yeah, that's, for real, our, that's real talk. Yeah. For our American audience, because you already know someone's hearing the story. Oh, well, that brother must have already known that Francois, Frances, France, this, that. Uh, uh, <laughs> so did you learn French when you were there or did you already have a, a basic understanding? I only knew bonjour and um, mercy. That's it. That's all I knew. That's, that's, all you, that's all you need in petty. You, you hey, get the rest. Know. Yo, I mean, you know, I didn't let the language barrier stop. So, you know, obviously there are certain things about this culture that I can't participate in because I don't know the language. And so I've made a, I've definitely made an effort in the last, um, especially in the last year to really, you know, learn a language. I mean, before, you know, you, you had uh, in, in 2018, I was still working for the company. So I was traveling all over Europe and sometimes in, in Russia. Um, the language for business is English. So I, I, I didn't interact with people in France as much as I, I do now. Um, now is a daily basis going to art galleries and all that stuff. So um, I've made a I made an effort to to get the language down. So and I still got a long ways to go. I'm, I am taking private lessons. Um to learn my friend, all my friends are French. Um, I decided not to um, hang out with the expat crowd because I really wanted to, you know, dive into the culture, like really be a part of the culture. So, you know, all my friends are, are French. So yeah, I didn't know anything, but yeah, I can't have a conversation now. Like I can, hold, I can hold, hold it down. I can have business conversations and, you know, personal conversations. I may not know everything, understand everything, but I can hold my own. Now, this is a, a question, and it's one I've never asked anybody, but I've noticed something from when I was doing um, research. You lost some weight when you're in Paris compared to being in America. Oh, man. <laughs> you want to yeah, know why? Can, why? I walk everywhere. <laughs> I walk. I, I, You know, it's the stairs in the metro, walking on the streets, like. I mean, I walk everywhere, and you're right. I did lose. I did lose a lot of weight. Um, I can't remember how many pounds I lost, but yeah, yeah, I lost a bit, and then I gained it. You know, gained it back in doing COVID. But yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. But but did the food have anything to do with it as well? Um, because the portion size in America compared to <laughs> France is, you know, it's. <laughs> See, you know, that's the thing, man. The food here, you can find a great meal anywhere in the city. You can find a great meal anywhere in the city. 
And then after you had that great meal, you can walk it off. <laughs> you can go, you can walk it off at home till, till you get home. So the food here is amazing. I mean, really, like there's, I mean, let's just talk about like French cuisine, extraordinary. They don't use a lot of salt, but they use a lot of butter. But the butter is, is um, um, we say bio here, but it's organic. Um, if you go to uh, the different cuisines, the different African cuisines, are extraordinary the spices you know etc cetera, etc cetera. the food here is so good now if you can manage to stay away from the pastries and the <laughs> cookies and and you know all these different things that i just i i, I just tried to eat it as much as i could um then you'll, you'll be fine uh but at least you know that you can at least get fifteen thousand steps a day and you can sort of you know burn some calories etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah Food here is, is, is amazing. It really is. Now, now with NFTs, because mm-hmm. I, I want to have this be a teachable moment because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I love tech. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I remember it was about, it was prior to Bitcoin, um, mm-hmm. you know, being a young, broke college student. People say, what's that thing, crypto? It's what you have when you don't have any money and you can talk to people online, right? That's what it is. Now, crypto are so many people's get rich quick. I got guys saying, Kellen, I'm a multimillionaire. That is once this, you know, coin, I don't want to hate on anyone's coin, but once this coin gets to this amount and I'm like, but you're a millionaire who's buying things once a coin, I mean, it's like the Martin episode when he thought he won the lottery, not knowing he had to share it with 300 people. You're a millionaire when this happens, right? Um, you're not a millionaire. And when you are a real millionaire in America, they're going to tax you like a real millionaire. So you like Erica Badu said, you're not a millionaire once you hit a million. What are you thinking about NFTs? And, you know, you mentioned Beeble and, you know, 69 million, but a lot of artists are saying, hey, we're not getting that money that you think we're getting. You know, there's all type of people taking from us. There's been many people who thought they got a big payday and then the site went down. Um, NFTs, I tell people, it's not a get rich quick. It's not you just creating anything. Can you give some education on what you feel NFTs really are and what you've been able to do to help artists and those who want to consume their art? Yeah, um, <laughs> Don't believe the hype. Actually, there is a lot of hype um, and a lot of good things um, about NFTs and cryptocurrency and the decentralization of um, of the economy. Um, so all that is real. And but the, the idea of get rich quick. Basically, what happened was cryptocurrency has been around for quite some time. Um, I've been I've been looking at cryptocurrency since. Uh, uh 2016 my buddy jimmy uh one of my classmates jimmy harrington um he was like marcus you know you got you need to look at this cryptocurrency and blah 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 and i really didn't understand it but understanding that bitcoin had been around even further back so uh when it was like two cents or three cents or whatever people had you know had that millions of coins so a lot of the crypto millionaires are people who had it way before it became uh, mainstream, and then all of a sudden, you know, this thing. Kind of, with exception of um, uh, this one story, FTX, he uh, he he did it a different route. But it's not a it's not a get rich quick scheme. Number one, um, anyone who's ever traded in the stock market, because I, I am a I, I am a day trader, but anybody who trades in the stock market knows that 
um, is not something that just rises and keeps on going up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go sideways. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Um, and so the idea that is you put, you know, a hundred bucks in and then all of a sudden you're just going to boom, it's going to hit, you know, sometimes it does happen. Sometimes in penny stocks, you know, people have millions of shares of penny stocks and they'll hit, you know, one cents or two cents. And then they've made quite a bit of money, you know, off that trade. But that's one of the most riskiest trades that you could you could possibly do in a stock market because that the, the, the company is not proven. And the same thing with crypto. Um, you know, I do want people to be careful about that because, you know, if you if you're investing the last five thousand dollars that you have into a cryptocurrency, then, you know, you can you can put yourself in a, in a very bad position um, in regards to NFTs. Um, people, you know, you know, they they they're talking about, you know, NFTs are revolutionary and, you know, all these different things. And and it is it is quite extraordinary um, NFTs. But NFTs is just ownership. It's just ownership. Um, it's ownership on the blockchain. It's transparent. Uh, when someone buys a piece of art, you have the, the owner of that piece of art, and then someone buys it afterwards. Um, it shows the next owner, the next owner of that piece of art. The other thing that um, NFTs have done is is, is giving um, artists control, not only giving them control over um, their assets, but it's also allowed is allowing them to um, make money in the secondary market. So you have the primary market, you have the secondary market. They're able to um, make the money in secondary art, art, uh, market, which is a lot different than fine arts. In fine arts, the artist will create the painting, it'll sell at a gallery. Then if the owner, does, the owner of that painting decides he wants to resell it to someone else, then the artist doesn't receive any money from that. So uh, giving a shout out to a couple of people who are trying to change that, uh, Destiny and um, I think she's in New York. But, um, but there's, there are, uh, NFTs are designed, designed to give artists, um, or this form of ownership is designed to give artists more control over their artwork and, and allow them to build wealth during, during their art. I don't know if you, uh, everybody should be familiar with Van Gogh. Van Gogh throughout his entire career only sold one painting. That's it. One. The man died mad and he died broke. Find a Van Gogh that's under $100 million. Find one. And who's making money off of that? Exactly. Who's making money off of that? So, And the, and the man gave his ear for it. <laughs> thank you. So, so, so for artists today... Um, you know, people who decide to become an artist for a career, they're really setting their legacies up for their kids and their grandkids by um, using these NFTs to, to always have control of their artwork being, being um, bought and, and resold in the market. The other thing that people need to know right now, too, in the NFT market is that um, it's basically controlled by traders. So a lot of people are buying and then they're selling, buying, selling, and they're trading, you know, trading at work. Um, and there is some um, some people that are actually collecting their collecting the work and they're posting it on some of the different uh, websites out there like Cyber.io and CryptoVoxo and stuff like that, which is quite fun. And, and I love seeing the artists do it. Um, but it's, it's definitely going back to your first question is is it's definitely not a get rich quick scheme. And for collectors, I definitely want to talk to you 
when you when you're thinking about buying a piece of artwork, you need to number one love it, love that piece of artwork, and number two, um, ask yourself if you're willing to live with that piece of artwork for the next five to ten years of your life. And that's the, those are the two most important parts about uh, collecting art that I can that I can provide for people. And for those who are, you know, they're like art collecting. What is this? This is the thing. I'm, I'm, I might use some hidden language that you'll understand. Our people in America, you know, 80s, Reagan came, took us out with the drugs. Now we see, you know, cannabis people are becoming millionaires. Right. Um, same thing with race car driving, dressage and art. They all have similar people in it behind the scenes, taking one piece of money. Maybe they're putting some water on it, cleaning it up, throwing it somewhere else in, a, in, a, in another gallery. When do we get hip to saying, let's see what they're doing? Because, again, race car driving, horses, there's a lot of uh, Escobar type money in it. And we're sitting here to the world like we're selling drugs to everybody, but we're surely not benefiting off of it. I can see that, you know, the art. So like, is is there a book out there that you've seen? Um, I mean, I know there's plenty of things. Forbes has done stuff on this before, but for our community to really get it, this is what I want Jay to talk about next. This is what I want Kanye and everyone to talk about that we're going to jail and they're selling art (laughs) cleaning up you know like crazy i mean can you talk about that at all without being i don't want you to be black listed or, or white bald i should say <laughs> you know but but it, it <laughs> don't worry I, I won't get i won't get black black blacklisted um and that's yeah that's that's kind of interesting what you said so um I think what's important is that this the term um, they say follow the money is 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 very true because the uh, the buyers of black art right now aren't us. The majority of the buyers aren't us, um, and if it is us, there's no record of it. There's there's no record of it because of of how you know uh, someone alluded me to this the other day, but it's, it it could be it could be because of how our art is is being sold. But let me dispel this other thing, too, about being an art collector. Um, If you buy art and there's art hanging on your wall, whether you pay $25 for it or $1,000 for it, you're an art collector. Um, I want to dispel the idea that you have to be a multimillionaire um, to buy art. That's not the case, okay? Art is... Art is a reflection of your internal self. It's a reflection of you. And, and art is a way of telling people who you are, right? Um, it's a reflection of art. Art can be a, a, a symbol, right? Um, and so, like, even these, these art pieces, like these art pieces that are on my back wall, they mean something to me. They mean something to me. That's the reason why I bought them. So if even someone came to me and said, I want to buy this piece, I'm going to say, no, it's not for sale. And that's because that because these pieces of art uh, mean something to me. This piece right here, this piece right here, you know how much that piece costs? I'd be happy to share that with you. How much? That was a hundred euro. Nice. This is a hundred euro by an Italian artist um, who 
that was his vision of America. And this is my vision of America. It, it, it makes me cry because the idea of America, it, 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 it seems like is, is moving further and further and further away. And so that's the reason why I got that piece, because it, that's what it meant to me when I saw that piece. That's the first thing that came to my mind. This teddy bear piece that was a little bit more expensive is by a French artist. But that teddy bear, think of that as, as the little kids at um, Sandy Hook or the little kids in Chicago that are being gunned down by gun violence. Because you see the, you see the, I mean, you can't get a good view of it, but there's this teddy bear wrapped in bandages with two bullets next to it. Mm. So that piece, that piece spoke to me because I mean, more tragedies do we have to endure before someone says, whoa, this is, this is really gotten out of hand. You know, this is really gotten out of hand. I, I thought, you know, killing kids would have done that, but apparently not. And they were white kids too. So I thought, oh, for sure, this is going to change now. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, this is the, you know, but it, it just, it didn't happen. Um, so, uh, so, uh, I mean, art, you know, for those of you out there um, who are thinking about buying art, look, just figure out what you can spend and then find the art that matches your budget. You know, um, to a certain, I can help you with that. At, you know, if, if someone comes to my website and, you know, uh, schedule an appointment with me. But yeah, that's that's what art collecting is all about. Seriously. Now, I'll give you a little insight. One, one, I would say one last thing just to give you some some insight. Um, I was taught this industry by my mentor, um, um, uh, Jean-Marc de Croix. And uh, I'm so grateful for this man. He's a French man um, in his 60s. He lives in um, Hong Kong and, you know, he has a place in, in France, but he made his fortune in art. Um, and what he taught me, he's, what, what he, it's not even what he taught me, it's what I saw him do. And what he did was um, he invested in um, young emerging artists, you know. Um, and this is where my expertise kind of comes in because I can look at those artists and I can see the quality of the work and the potential that they can do in the industry. But that's really one of those one of those ways of you know making a fortune you know or not to make a fortune but making money in industry is investing in those young artists in the work of those young artists. So I really want to encourage people to do that. And then the rest of the stuff you got to pay for. I'm I'm serious. You got to pay for that. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, it makes sense whether they pay for it in a course you do or if they pay for it in a book that you write. Um, when they pay for it, they appreciate it more. And, you know, to walk somebody down, like, what art is? Mm -hmm. um, That's a very, very big question, yeah. Yeah, be because I have a piece that my LondonAndSydney.com, that's their website, I, I just asked them to bring. Thank you. But my wife was, when you go to Africa, folks, people try to sell you anything. But what it, <laughs> but, but what it cost you to pay a police officer, right, to go on on your day is a dollar or two. And what this art cost was a dollar or two. But then I said, let me frame it. My wife didn't know I brought it back. She's like, just throw that away, you hoarder. But this is what, this is from the island of going towards Banana Island mm -hmm. right before you go. And mm -hmm. I had it framed at Michael's. And to me, this is art. This is stuff I like to just pick up. 
you know. Thank you. Look, the framing makes all the difference in the world. I, I just listen. A client of mine, a client, a client in in uh, me just recently went to a gallery because he said, "Marcus, I got a budget and I need you to find art." I said, "Okay," and um, I said, "Hey, I found some stuff for you." And I sent him the link to the photographs. Um, and he said, "Okay, let's make an appointment to go see it." Perfect. We go down to the we go down to the gallery, and um, he sees the artwork that he wants. And then I begin to like, you know, tell him, it's like, okay, where do you see this piece in your house? And, you know, uh, are there any complimentary pieces, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So he ended up buying two pieces, which was, you know, really cool that were complementary to each other. So then, you know, I said, all right, we need to think about framing because the framing is not good enough for, for this piece. And we went to a frame shop, you know, just down the street from the gallery and, um, we, we start putting these, you know, these framings together. And then like the frame adds a whole nother dimension to the art piece. It really does. Yes. I mean, framing, framing is, is art in itself. Like these framers, because these guys, they've seen enough yes. artwork and have framed enough stuff to where they can look at a piece of work and say, it'll look good just like this. And so like, you know, for those of you who buy artwork, like, um, you have to look at the art beyond what's on the wall because like once you, when you frame it the right way, it just pops. I mean, it pops. So, you know, that's, that's very good. At show. I'm glad you understand that brother. Like we, we're good. Yeah. You yeah. Me, man. I find you those pieces. I know the framing is going to be in good hands. I know that. And what is it? cost us or what is your experience we were talking off air and and i just want to you know i, I want to know because sometimes my it'll be my wife usually she's like why you got to take it like what dimension are you in are you and kanye in the same dimension and i say my the clothes genius. are my clothes are art my clothes are a story because i can tell you where i got these clothes no matter where i got them and i like to get them for you know three four dollars underwear for that says prada maybe sometimes it says nada for a dollar it all wears the same <laughs> it, i mean do you not do you see everything as art since you're in the business i mean it's because food to me and all of that is okay, like yeah. Show me what, I mean, tell me I'm not the only one. So the other audience members will say, oh, I'm not crazy. I felt that too. Art is everywhere, everywhere. From the phone that is in your hand to the computer that you're using, to the headphones that are on your head, to the lighting that's in your house, uh, to the makeup of your wall, to the color of your wall, to the lighting, to the, you know, the, uh, the stove, the refrigerator, the uh, cabinets. All of it is art. All of it comes from artists. Um, artists rule this world in every possible way imaginable. And this sweater is art. You know, um, the way whoever braided your hair is that's artwork. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the glasses, the everything is it comes from an idea in somebody's head. They sketch it on a piece of paper. There's nothing that you're looking at in your home right now that was not sketched on a piece of paper by some sort of designer or artist or, or something. It's all touched by art in some form. Because a lot of people, they dismiss art. You can't because it's all around you. 
it, it, you can't dismiss it. Art is, is around us just like air, you know, uh, the air that we breathe. And, that, and that's, that's, that's just art, you know. But, you know, there's definitely the difference between, you know, decorative art and fine art. There's a difference in, you know, uh, digital art and, and um, uh, 3D animation, you know. So there's, there's differences within all these, with all these forms of art. However, everything that you see around you is art in some capacity, uh, uh, in some capacity. This earth is art. God built this earth in seven days, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you don't look at this as art and you don't want to take care of this piece of art, then, then what's the issue here? You know, like, you, you, why are you even here? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, all of it, all of it is art. Seriously. I mean, it's, it, it's all of it. Well, when you said, and you noticed my hair, and I could hear some of y'all out there, and I got family members saying he's trying to hold on to that receding hairline. Yeah, when you put this in, yeah, it's art. When you can put it like that, and and, and if I hang it down, you, you won't be able to tell, but it's okay. Man, you are hilarious. <laughs> you are hilarious, bro. Seriously. But you, Seriously, man. But I want to shout out one of your artists that yeah. I want this piece to wear by the Toronto artist Young uh, Yummy, Young Timmy, Young Timmy. He had the headdress. Um, oh, Timmy, yeah. And I noticed something in that headdress. He was wearing like a helmet with the Nike swoosh, and then he he just took it to the whole cultural where you don't know if it was from Black Mexico or the the Black Pharaohs. Oh, and man. I saw what it in the. That? I said, I want that to be made. It may not be made of gold, because that, that gold would be kind of expensive. Wait, wait, heavy. is that on my gram? Is that on my that's, gram? Yeah, that's on your gram. That's where I saw it. Okay, yeah, everybody check out my gram, man. It's yeah, our job. The R-T-G-E-N. I'm almost, I'm almost to, you know, 700 from 10,000 followers. So you guys check me out, man. Links uh, are in the description. Oh, yeah, I will, I will. Uh, ah, which piece was that? It, 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 you did it three days ago. It's um, the fourth. So, it, you know, it goes three and then the one down. And that piece is just like, that's that could be a fashion statement if we could produce that. Do, do you see it with the, um, it, it says King on it, uh, on his, um, with the chain. It, it's a lot going on in it. Let me see if I send you this link real yeah, quick. Yeah, you guys send me that link, brother. Yeah, but it is a beautiful piece that I'm like, that could really be, here you go, right there. That oh. could really be an outfit and should be an outfit. Oh, King, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I DM me, um, his last name kind of escapes me. Man, what a talent. What a talent. Like, that thing was so powerful to me. Um like seriously, that was a great piece, man. It was like he was a, a lion too, um, like a warrior, yes. you know. In this, in this, in this piece, man. When I saw this piece, man, I was just like, "Whoa, this thing is crazy!" Like, we, I gotta share this. I gotta share this. Um, but yeah, that that he's he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Bravo to him. He's phenomenal. What a great talent. And you what have so talent. many. You have so many on your your site and folks that you've worked with. What is a community give back? You know, I mean, the art is always a give back. What's a community give back that you're doing or that you would like to do in the future to keep art alive? Yeah, Jesse, I took that from you. Yeah, and you know what? That's a 
There's a really good question. Earlier in our conversation, I told you that there was only about, 50, uh, you know, 15 Black-owned galleries in, in the United States that I've found so far. So imagine if I only found 15, how hard it is for other people to find that. So what the best contribution that I can do right now is to be an advocate for Black art. And what I'm currently working on is trying to get uh, more artists in, in galleries that um, right now do not have um, Black artists, or maybe they have one Black artist or something like that, because, um, you know, oftentimes, oh man, this, this I'm, I'm about to get, you know, really, hopefully I don't get too pissed off, but um, oftentimes they want to put us in a box when we invented the goddamn thing. Sorry for my language. And it's like, you know, it, it gets really frustrating sometimes when, you know, they say, oh, you only can do this or you're only capable of doing that or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, when it comes to this culture and this art, we've been appropriated so many different times. And from our language to our art form to our fashion, I mean, where do you, you know, a lot of uh, big brands got their fashion from wa watching, um, uh, what do you call it? Go, was it, um, not Go Boys, the dancers back in the day, um, back in the 80s, um, the B-Boys. Ah, what's that? The, not the B-Boys. The B-Boys. Like, the, the way they, they wore the street fashion back in the day, that got mm -hmm. stolen, you know, on these high-fashion runways. So, like, we've been part of this culture, but yet they want to shut us out. And I, I'm not really sure why that is. So my, my advocacy is, is to uh, get more young artists um, into prominent, you know, galleries that, that are market makers, you know, they're market makers, they can make the career of artists. And so that needs to be spread, you know, um, in a diverse way. And, you know, if they're, if they're advocating for this art, their collectors who trust them will buy it. You see? No, so, definitely. Because so galleries, galleries was galleries in the art world were the first influencers, the quote, quote, influencers. Um, and so their power is a little bit less now with the with the invention of Instagram and, and Pinterest and all these other platforms. However, they're still the making maker, making uh, market makers. And I respect them for that. You know, but we need to we need to get some more diversity. You know, there's one website I went to. It was all white men and two women and no nobody of color. And so I wrote them an email and said, hey, this needs to. Do something about this. Y'all are market makers. Y'all can bring some some great artists um, of color onto onto your platform and and make it pop, and people will like it. They'll like it. Well, there's the and I'm gonna go back to Africa and my Africa plan because I easily can set up a business and put art on the wall where here in America, you could do that and get, you know, maybe you get one sale a month. I'm told by people, maybe you don't get a sale. Right. But if I can have something multiple that it have a multiple purpose. So artists can have a place to have their safe space and other creatives can come and others who just like to enjoy, but there's something I learned um, last time we were in Kenya and I'm coming back from Kibera, which is the biggest slum, they say, in Kenya for sure, possibly Africa. And I'm wiping off the mud on my shoes at the Kapinski. 
And uh, Mzungu came through and he was like, hey, where did you get dirty at like that? And I look real basic every time I'm in Africa. I don't look like much of nothing. I'm I'm in, again, three dollar shirts and right from there. And I said, oh, Kibera. I said, we saw some beautiful things, beautiful art. He said, oh, we were told not to go there. I said, no, Mzungus can come to Kibera. He said, but we're going to go get art art from there, from the slum near the airport on our way out. And I said, I'm not mad at that because as long as the artists, you know, can make money. But of course it wasn't us selling that art is what I'm told. And if you would have come to Kibera to get it and to see what there is, they're getting it for pennies on the dollar and selling it for, you know, very yeah, expensive. Yeah. And, and, That's and, how you make money. Yeah. That's how you make money in our game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the artists like to me, there's always enough money to share, especially if your markup is three times and more. There's enough money to share with the artist. And um, you, that's mm. why a lot of people like the NFTs. Well, listen, um, it's not about sharing with the artists. Mm -hmm. OK, mm -hmm. artists are businesses. They're little small businesses. And they should treat themselves that way. And this is something that artists need to learn. Mm -hmm. um, artists are, um, you know, they have to know their value. They have to know their worth. And they have to know, they have to do their own research to understand, um, you know, how their work resonates with, you know, people who buy it. They're not asking enough questions. You know, they're not saying, why does this work resonate with you? Why do you want to buy this? What do you, you know, are you going to put it in your home or blah, blah, blah. There's so many different questions that an artist need to be asking um, when they're, when they're, you know, trying to sell their work. But the thing is like, and, and I, I, I totally get this, you know, artists at the end of the day, it's not a consistent business. It just isn't, you know, and, and it's feast of famine and, you know, you can have, you can have amazing sales in one month and sell nothing in the next month. You know, welcome to my world as a as a uh, art consultant and art advisor. Like I can have a, a really great month and make a, a ton of money, but then I, I won't have you know anything for the next two months. You know, because you know the, the consistency of the way that you know um, art moves. So. You know, for artists, it's like it's even it can be even worse than me. I mean, luckily, uh, you know, I know how to manage, but um, is artists got to start treating themselves like a business and the artists that do treat themselves like a business are the ones that are really successful, that are really wow. successful. Now, this is across the board. This is this has nothing to do with your skin color. OK, mm -hmm. this is this is the the business itself is the business and each artist needs to understand that they are a business period in the story you're a business you're not just an artist so i don't know if i can make that any clear well i love it and i you almost gave too much game because they're going to say wait ask more questions no 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 can't you got to get a paid consultant time to go <laughs> into the deep because you need to go read the books the business of art and you know all the books are out there, but then you also need, and I know you're big on this and you've mentioned it, Marcus, that they need to find a mentor, somebody who they, you know, they want to go in that same direction or they can align with. It will save you a decade worth of time. I tell people as a Absolutely. consultant 
all the time. Um, I'm not going to give you guys any more game because that would be a game overload and your head might explode. But I, I the links will be in the description box and <laughs> Yo. you can go tap in. You have the last word. Feel free. Yo, I mean, but, you know, I, I don't even feel like I gave anything away. Like it goes so much deeper than that. Like, you know, just to build a business, it, it goes so much deeper than that. There's so many other layers and elements that you, you need to like fully you know, see it through. So, you know, that if that little bit helps um, anyone, anyone out there, my God, like take it and run with it. You know, if you need my help, hit me up. You know, I mean, it ain't cheap. I'm kidding. Um, but no, it's, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, the last word, the last word for me. And, um, you know, first of all, I'm a, uh, I'm an art consultant. I'm an art investment advisor. And, my whole goal in life is to is to put more artwork on on people's walls and to advocate um, for black art and for art in general, but especially um, black art. And so um, I don't know how you can fit this into this program, but this is something that I really want to I want to get out to people. And it's something that's been on my heart for a long time because um, black people are a trillion dollar industry. And when it comes to art, sometimes they hem and hob about, you know, this piece costs, you know, a thousand dollars or this piece costs 5,000, this piece costs blah, blah, blah. But yet when the new pair of Gucci come out or the new pair, of, the new Louis Vuitton comes out or, or, you know, Kanye released a shoe that's, I mean, Kanye's part of the culture. I love to do, but still, you know, uh, release a shoe that costs, you know, 2000 euro. It's like, oh, I got to have it. But then you get mad when someone step on your shoe <laughs> and on the streets. So, you know, in general, I think people have to really pay attention to how they're spending their money. Because the thing about art and these young artists that are that are um, that are out there it contributes to their entire economy. I got photographers in Ghana, you know, they sell an art piece, they, they eat for two months. So it's important that you, if you, if you buy a Gucci, a Gucci bag, what does it, what does it affect? Like, it's just a number. Like, it's like your number 200, of the other bag that was bought, you know, but with, with art, it's like when you, when that artist receives that money after they sell that piece of art, they, they're, they're literally paying her rent, paying for food, um, putting some clothes on her back and, and feeding their kids if they have them. And that's how closely uh, connected um, our dollars go to building the community because when artists build it, then they're hiring people to help them. Yeah. And you hope that those artists are, are hiring people that look like us, especially in Africa, that definitely happens. But, you know, that's, that's how they, that economy works. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I encourage people to really think about how they spend that next, you know, big, um, that big money, and then really think about the value that it brings into your life. Because guess what? Cars, um, clothing, all that stuff has a, a shelf life. 
right? If you get too fat, you can't wear it anymore. Or if you get too skinny, you can't wear it anymore. The shoes will get stepped on in the streets, okay? And if you're stupid enough to wear those shoes in a, in a club, they definitely will get stepped on and some drinks are going to be, is going to fall on it. But that art piece, you see this piece behind me? I get to enjoy that piece every single day of my life. There's no maintenance. There's no nothing. I get to enjoy that piece every single day of my life. And I get, I, I receive joy from it. And these pieces behind me, they remind me, they remind me of how fragile our lives are. And so when, when, when you, I want people to really just think about that moment, you know, just think about, you know, how you, you know, for people who have made it, people who have the, the, the discretionary income to um, buy this luxury that we call art, because it is a luxury, you know, it doesn't put food on the table. It's a luxury. Um, think about how you're spending that, that extra money. And, um, and then that's it, you know, that's it. I mean, that's like the realest shit I can say. Well, We're trillion have- dollar industry. We're trillion dollar industry. There's no reason in the world why we should be struggling. Anybody should be struggling in this, in this, in our culture. So, you know, that's just something to think about. And so artists, that's also for you because I know some of you go buy a hundred thousand dollar car, half a million dollar house, and then come back and say, I need more money to make. You got to. (laughs) It's such bullshit. It's like, you know, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sorry this is going along, but but no, you know, I went to I went to uh, and we can take this off film or whatnot, but it's just me and you, whatever. Um, but um, I remember I was living in L.A. and L.A. is um, all about the car you drive and, and and where you live and what you can do for me. Now, to say I won't say that there there's some great people in L.A. I don't want you to get me wrong, but there's there's a lot of um, it's, it's very superficial as well, uh, superficial as well. And so if I'm a single man, um, why do I need a house that's 8,000 square feet? Like, I mean, think about it. Like, why do you need a house that goddamn big? And, and, and so, um, again, I ask people again, like, I quite, how do you spend your money? Like, how do you, how do you spend your money? Like, how is it? How's it, you know, really going to go into the culture or things that we're doing? Like, do you need a hundred thousand dollar car? Do you need that? There's a great book that everyone should read. It's called The Millionaire Next Door. Yes. The Millionaire Next Door is a is an excellent book to read. Because it's not about it's not about what you wear or anything. It's it's about how much you have in your bank. And it's all about and it also is about what you're doing with it. What you're doing with it. Like if you had opportunity to, um, uh, you know, invest in a young artist that's just just getting his career started, instead of buying a hundred thousand dollar car, buy a forty thousand dollar car and, and use the other sixty, you know, to support um, emerging artists coming out of Ghana. All of them need to, you know, there's so many artists that need support. Or there's some there's some artists in Baltimore that my man Chris Wilson is is um, um, artist Chris Wilson and author that's. Um, uh, working with that uh, he's he's giving them like support and all that stuff. There's so many different ways of of making that money work in the community that um, you know it, 
it just doesn't make any sense. Really, it doesn't make any sense. And making it work for you for longevity so you won't be broke ever hey. again. There so that that's we are going to we are going to take this conversation offline. Usually you guys I tell you that's the best conversation you want to hear, but uh because we don't want to be canceled 30 years later cuz we won't remember what we said um <laughs> in fully we're going to take it off. You guys have been blessed by the game. If you do nothing else, make sure you share this, whether it's you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or our new partners at AYV Radio. You be blessed. Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well, and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only $20, guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. Don't Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.